0: Today is our fifth and final installment, maybe, uh, on our series Sewing. And we've been taking a look at how um, we can position ourselves to actually be formed into the image. Of Jesus. So we're looking at, at interchangeable words like formation and discipleship, which is really just various ways of talking about how to actually grow and mature in our relationship with God, and the effects of that will be that we're increasingly whole, we're increasingly healthy, we're dealing with our yesterdays, moving forward towards God's tomorrows, and, and all of that is a process that we don't have full control over in terms of the outcomes, but we do have control over the inputs. So, so we don't have, there isn't this neat scientific formula, I wish there was, where, we, where if you do A plus B plus C, then I guarantee that within 24 hours, or 48 hours, or three weeks, or two years, you will have this exact outcome. I can't, I can't put it into that kind of language, but I can tell you that the Bible promises us that God won't be mocked, that we will reap what we sow, especially if we are persistent, if we are consistent, if we don't give up, if we don't grow weary. Eventually, we spoke about how even the compound effect kicks in, where, where over time, this long obedience in the same direction starts to form fruit in us, where there is increasing love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, where where, where we are becoming people that actually make a difference, and that bring hope into situations that otherwise might feel a little bit hopeless, where, just like Charlotte mentioned, where where you really can function like a missionary at school, or at work, or in your community, without anything about that being weird, But but where people want you around, because you are an increasingly whole, healthy person, and I just... I get so burdened by how easily I think people accept a lie and give up the commitment to to growth, the commitment to maturing. Um, And again, managing that balance of God, what can only I do and what can only you do? So week one we just took a look at, at how we position ourselves for God to do the work that only he can do, but we're responsible for the positioning. And then looked at three practical areas where through practices, places, and people, we can actually position ourselves to be formed by God. Today I wanna to wrap up with encouraging you to persevere. Yes, it's a whole bunch of Ps, okay? To persevere with what is called a rule of life. For those of you that haven't been around for a long time, that, that might sound like strange language to you. It's, it's almost 2,000 years old and I'll explain where it comes from and, and why, why we're sticking with that term. But it is a it is a way of doing life that actually Produces life in us. The question is whether or not we're doing it intentionally and whether or not we are happy with the results. Because right now, we are experiencing the results that our personal systems are perfectly designed to produce. What we are experiencing right now in our lives, in our relationships, in our finances, in our health, in our energy, in our studies, in, in our whatever. For the most part, obviously there are some exceptions, but for the most part, we are experiencing right now what our current personal systems are perfectly designed to produce, so it's up to you. Are you happy with the outcomes? Are you happy with what you are experiencing right now? Is there any area, even one area, where you feel like God may be inviting you to give some attention in terms of what it is that you are sowing. This is our, our fifth and final installment. The first week we took a look at how we need to position ourselves to be formed by God because we, we can't ultimately ultimately take full responsibility, full control for the outcome, but we can take responsibility for the input. We can take responsibility for how we position ourselves to allow God to actually form us. We, we argue over and over again that it's not so much what we want to get done, but it's who we become. God is trying to form us into people of love and peace and patience and kindness. The second week, we looked at, um, and in fact, weeks two, three, and four, we looked at the ways that we position ourselves to be formed by God through practices, places, and people. And today, I want to wrap up with simply encouraging you to persevere, okay? It's gonna take perseverance, real formation, real health, real depth, real strength, Regardless of circumstances, regardless of storms, regardless of temptations, regardless of distractions, regardless of COVID, regardless of anything else, real strength is formed over time, not just because circumstances are good enough. Like some of us need to stop waiting for things to get better, because guys, we're not in heaven yet. This isn't home. Some things may not ever get as good as you would like it to get. So sometimes the prayer needs to change from God. Take this stuff away to God. Help me to be stronger. Help me to go deeper. Help me to trust you. Help me to be who you've called me to be. And so I do want to encourage you to persevere. I want to encourage you to persevere in particular with something that is called a rule of life. It's strange language. It comes from the early couple of centuries, um, uh, kind of early followers of Jesus. And I'll unpack that in a little while. But before I do that, I want to ask you just to think for a moment. Bear with me, okay? So everyone, everyone up here. If you started nodding off already, I know it's only three minutes in and the screensavers are on. Okay, come back. Hit, hit refresh, okay? I want you to think for a moment of whether or not anything would change in your life if you knew that you only had two years to live. for whatever reason, maybe, maybe it's a disease, maybe it's some kind of you know, diagnosis and, and prognosis, and and, and for whatever, and they're saying you're not gonna suffer, but two years from now, chances are, something's gonna explode in your brain, and boom, you're dead, okay. But, but, but you've got time to prepare for it. Would that in any way adjust your way of life? Would that in any way change your schedule, your priorities, your relationships, your time with God, maybe, maybe trying to guard and, and manage your energy, maybe, maybe being a little bit more selective in terms of what you, what you focus your mind on when it comes to entertainment and media, in terms of stuff that, that either feeds negativity in you or stuff that feeds hope and life. If you knew that you only had a limited time to live, how may it affect the way that you live? Now the reality is most of us have no idea how long we have to live. But we do know that our time is limited. And one of the, I think, wise prayers of the Bible is recorded in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12 where it says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach us to realize the brevity of life. Guys, we've, we've, just, we've just said goodbye to three people in the last week. You just don't know. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. When we realize that our time is limited, we limit our options in terms of how we're gonna live, who we're gonna live with, what we're gonna give our energy to, whether or not we we keep waiting for one day to make a difference, or one day to live on purpose, or one day to, to get that area sorted out, or if we realize, wait, wait, this stuff actually matters. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Our, our key passage over these few weeks has been from Galatians chapter six, verse seven to nine, and I'm gonna read each, each of those three verses out of a different translation. The first is from the Passion Translation, which says, make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted, then verse 8 in the message, paraphrase, the person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, I love that word response. That's why it should be underlined and highlighted. Okay, it's in yellow, everybody. We, everything we do that's good is in a response to God. Letting God's spirit do the growth work in us again, we position ourselves to be formed by His Spirit harvests a crop of real life, eternal life and I just want to explain or remind us one more time that that everything about following Jesus is actually about life it's not about heaven and hell I mean I mean sure like you want to live with. But that's like, that's like the lowest possible form of motivation. It might be the first form. Like, okay, I don't want to suffer, okay, sure. But there's so much more. It is about being healed and made whole or increasingly whole and increasingly healed and finding our identity and our security in God and, and, and being able to stand firm in spite of anxiety and, and confusion and mystery when, when everything's going crazy around us, but, but we have a sense of who we are in Him. That's real life. And verse nine, in the NIV, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about this idea of, of the compound effect. If we don't give up, if we keep sowing, keep sowing, keep, keep making the right choices, and when we mess up, keep owning you're gonna fail. So how we deal with failure is part of our sowing. Do I, do I sow humility? Do I own it? Do I learn from it? Do I make adjustments? And over time, I wish it was days and weeks and months, but to be honest with you, for most of us that have been on the road a little bit longer, you start realizing that actually, most deep change tends to be slow. And, and, and it's over time that a compound effect kicks in to where all of a sudden there really is, as you look back, a deeper sense of peace, a deeper sense of joy, a deeper sense of conviction, a deeper sense of confidence in God, even though you know your own frailty, your own weakness, and your own imperfections. I want us to persevere with the rule of life. If you ask me, Jason, what is one practical, tangible thing that I would love to see take place in our church this year, it is that that almost every one of our leaders, so like 90% of our leaders, so we're we're coming for you, and 50% of people that consider this home not the doctor's room where you just pop in once or twice a year when you're sick. I mean, like, like, like this is home, you know, you eat here, you participate here, you get, okay. 50%, I would love for 90% of our leaders, 50% of our people to actually have something written down or typed out, like an actual tangible, I can see this, I can, I can evaluate and make adjustments. Rule of life. So I'm putting that out there, let me now explain a little bit more about what this means. The word rule is not the same as law, and I'll unpack that in a moment, But, and notice not rules. Most of us hate the idea of rules. It is a rule which comes from the Latin word regular, which is where we get the word to regulate. So it's it's how we regulate our lives. It is, an, 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 an interchangeable synonym would be a way of life. It's just simply the way that we are trying to approach life. One great definition is that a rule of life is simply a schedule, schedule, What's the right way? Schedule, ooh, ooh, okay. Schedule slash schedule and set of practices. Okay, a rule of life is simply a schedule and set of practices and relational rhythms. So, so it's three things. It is, like our time is our budget, right? Our, our diary, it's it kind of how we manage our energy. Not just our time. Time is one thing. The older you get the more you realize energy is a different thing. I need energy for stuff. Okay, so it's our schedule and it's a set of practices. We all have practices, just a question of whether or not they're working for us, and relational rhythms. Last week we spoke about the key role of relationships that organize our lives around Jesus' invitation to abide in the vine. In other words, in other words, it is a schedule, set of practices and relational rhythms that help us to be with Jesus, become like Jesus and hopefully do what Jesus would do. In other words, in other words it is, the, the goal is not to have a rule of life. So don't, don't tick the box where, okay, Jason, I've got something written. I haven't looked at it for six months, but I, I wrote something down. No, no, that's, that's not the win. The win is to actually be trying to do something about it and making adjustments when it doesn't seem realistic or when it feels like, like it's not working so well because, because the goal is not to tick the box. The goal is to become people of love, yeah. a non-anxious presence. People that over time make a difference at work and at school and in your neighborhood and in your club and in your team. Because over time, you are a constant presence that reflects a sense, like, like a genuine source. There's a source you're connected to, you're tapped into. What it means to abide in the vine is you're tapped into a source of creativity and integrity and humility and participation and generosity. That's the goal, not a rule of life. A rule of life is the means to getting there. And in case that freaks anyone out, you think like another thing to limit or another thing to, no, no. You already have a rule of life. You already have a way of doing life. The only question is whether or not it's working for you. The way you wake up most Mondays is the way you wake up most Mondays. Same for Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Your evening routine is probably fairly consistent. You, you either wait until you're falling asleep and then drag yourself to bed, wake up smashed, and check your phone before anything else and you wonder why you don't you know, wake up with joy and hope and faith when you're reading about another corrupt politician or, or you're quickly checking out how beautiful, famous, and wonderful people are on social media and you just like, have morning breath. You, know, like, like, you have a rule. Is it actually working for you? Another, another term many scholars argue that, that could mean the same thing as a rule or the regular is a trellis, the trellis that helps a grapevine to grow off of the, the ground. So where insects cannot destroy and where it doesn't just have this, this like undirected, unlimited growth that goes all over the place, no, no, a, a trellis actually causes the vines to grow intentionally. So so when, so when you think of a rule of life, think of a trailer, is there a structure that is leading my life towards life? The people I spend time with, is that bringing life over time, or is it actually just feeling a little bit like, ugh? You know, you know the people, I don't know, I don't know if you have anyone, but like maybe there are people that you spend time with where it's like fun in the moment, but then afterwards, it's like, ugh, I feel, I feel a bit dirty. Or maybe there's stuff that you watch or read or scroll through where sometimes it's, it's encouraging and it's lighthearted and, it's, and, it's, and it cheers you up and other times it's like, ugh, wow, this is gross. Like you just feel gross. So, so it is a structure that w- th- your sleep habits and patterns as far as it is within your control is either leading to energy in the morning and the afternoon and the evening, which is ideally what we should have, by the way. Like, there shouldn't only be two hours of the day when the caffeine's still working, that we should have energy, right? So so our, our approach to sleep should either be helping us with having enough energy to do what we need to do during the day, or it's not. And if not, then, believe it or not, for most of us, we can actually do something about it. I think that there's a very subtle lie that we believe that there are too many things that we have absolutely no control over. And that, and that makes me a victim. Now now maybe you are, but, but for most of us, I doubt that we are a victim to some of these things. We're not a victim to what, we, to what we watch and read during our disposable time. Most of us are not a victim to our sleep patterns, although if you work shifts, you may be. I, I'm talking about people that have that kind of, con- but even then, there's a, there's, a, there's a level of control. One of the very last things that Jesus spoke about, like like we talk about if you knew you only had two years to live, Jesus knew he had like maybe 20, like 12 to 24 hours to live when he spoke about being, a, being connected to the vine, abiding in the vine. John 15 verse one and two says, this is Jesus speaking on his way to being arrested, where he's gonna be falsely accused, convicted and, and killed, right? So, so surely he's gonna be selective with what he talks about. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So, so he's saying, guys, this is a good thing. Don't think that pruning is bad. Don't be discouraged. Stay connected. If you stay connected, you will produce fruit. Verse eight says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. So even Jesus, as one of the last short little teachings and illustrations that he gave on his way to his death was, guys, we need to be intentional about abiding, about, about staying connected. And I, I don't know that it's a coincidence that he would have used the grapevine analogy and that of agriculture. Fizya, who is just finished or is finished studying I want to say hort, it's not horticulture viticulture. He's a viticulturist. He's gonna be a viticulturist, is that the right word? Viticulturist. Aren't you impressed that I know that word? After some help from his dad? Okay, Vitic- So, which means that you're basically studying on how to, the, the, the oversimplified version of how to make wine. Okay? Um, some of you just found a new best friend. Don't know what that says about you, but anyway. So, so, so hopefully he can correct me later on if I'm wrong. But my understanding, having spoken to a lot of people that are, making, you know, that and managing the vines and all the rest, is that, is that it takes on average roughly, it's only the third year's harvest, right? Just fourth year, okay, even better, all right. Only the third or fourth year's harvest. So, so the first year, right, everything's planted, the, the, the trellis is there, stuff starts to grow, it produces a harvest. You know what they do? They cut it down, throw it away, I think. Don't, don't correct me if I'm wrong. Year two, <laughs> produces a harvest cut it down. They don't make use of it for the wine. It's only by year three or four for the first time that they actually, that they actually will consider using it for the wine. And the harvest, so, so the, the, the depth, the maturity, the richness, I know nothing about wine, just so you know. I, 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 but, but these are the terms I've been, like I just don't enjoy it, sorry. Is the, the, the quality of a, of a wine that is made from a Four year, a four-year-old vine is completely different to the quality of a 20-year-old vine. Because there's a, there's a depth, there's a richness, there's a maturity, which is why we keep telling you not to compare. If you're new to following Jesus, don't compare yourself to someone that's been all in for 20 years. But, but I do want to encourage you to persevere. Stop looking for shortcuts, stop looking for quick fixes. No, no, there's a slow work, it's a long obedience, in the same direction. Okay, I've got very little time to give you 10 principles, very quickly, okay? Boom, 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 just stick with me. I'm gonna try, okay? Those of you that know me thinking that even God can't make him do that in a few minutes. And God bless you for that pessimism and and all the rest. So I do wanna encourage you, the notes are on version, so it's on the Bible app. Remember, just go to more events, View Church Molotan, and then hit save. Don't forget to save the notes. In case we don't get to everything, you can go back to it. And on there is a link. You can literally just tap on the link. Don't do it now. Save it and go back to it later on. And it's also on our website, where it's a a link to a PDF. It's a very, in my opinion, very simple, practical, helpful uh, PDF on helping you begin to form a rule of life. Guys, do it in pencil, scratch it out, print it out, Like, just start somewhere. Okay, we have got some printed out copies at the back Especially for people that don't have any access to the internet or to a printer So if you do, please don't just take it out of convenience We we, we probably need to print a whole bunch more but for anyone that's here that doesn't have access to the internet and a printer Just grab one of the stapled uh, packages that are there at the Connect area, okay ten principles you ready for us to run okay number one. It's a rule not a law a rule, not a law. A law is objective. It doesn't care about your emotion. If, you, if, you, if the speed limit's 60 and you, and you drive 70, you're wrong. Boom, there's a fear of punishment. A, a rule is not a fear of punishment. It's not based on shame. It's not based on guilt. It's not based on, conse- on a fear of consequences. It's, it's more concerned with, is this producing life? Okay, so, so Sue and I need to spend time together, outside of work, outside of parenting, outside of anything else. We, we're not going to not be married if, if a few weeks go by with us not honoring our rule. However, our re- the, the quality of our relationship, the peace, the security, the intimacy will be affected. So it's not not that you're gonna be punished if you don't, it's just that we're gonna start to feel it if we don't. I know how much time I need to spend with God and how consistently that needs to be. God doesn't stop loving me if I don't have my quiet time in the morning. I I don't lose my salvation if if I'm completely erratic over the period of a month. But I don't feel that same clarity, that same peace, that same confidence. I, I feel like I have to start from scratch when it's been days. It's a rule. It is, not, it is not a rigid, legalistic to-do list. It is, it is something that should lead to life, okay? Number two, sure, scrolling past a lot. It's a working document, okay? It is a working document. Life is a bit of a moving target. We've all discovered that over the last two years. If, you, if you're in a stage of life where you have young kids, it's a moving target. If you're starting a new business, if you're taking on new responsibilities, it's a moving target. So, so review the rule of life and make adjustments. You don't have to be married to the rule. Be married to the outcome. So remember, it's a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. So ask yourself, is this bringing life? Over time, so maybe don't like, don't evaluate it perhaps after a week, okay, give it a bit of time. But if over time you're discovering that, that this isn't, like this is actually making me more anxious, more stressed, it's just like another bunch of stuff I have to do, well then change something change something it's a working document it's not another religious legalistic way to get to god okay although the goal is to help us connect with god number three start small start small we always say start where you not where you start where you not wow guys come on that was the same five people start where you not where you start where you are not where you want to be some of us might want to become a monk or a nun overnight You're going to be horribly discouraged. And your family can tell you right up front, that's not gonna happen, okay? It's gonna take time. Start where you are, start small. Please, I I know, I have the same personality, right? You wanna just tackle everything that you'd love to be amazing at the same time. Don't. Ask God for wisdom. Try and discern maybe what, Charles Duhigg in his book, The Power of Habits, calls a keystone habit. What is a keystone habit that is likely to have a knock-on effect? And I've got to tell you, there have been times in my life where it's been a different thing. There have been times where I've known, like no matter what, I've got to prioritize the first chunk of my day even more to just slow down, pray, reflect, spend time with God. And then there have been other times where I know that it's getting more sleep. Or there are other times where it's like, Jason, if you don't exercise more consistently, it doesn't matter how much you pray, how much you you're not processing the toxins and the stress of life sufficiently. So, so maybe start off with that keystone habit. Start small, start where you are. Don't, don't try and tackle 15 things at the same time. Number four, consider your personality, your season of life and stage of discipleship. Okay, again, if you're a brand new follower of Jesus, or maybe today you become a brand new follower, I'm not gonna encourage you to try and spend an hour with God tomorrow. I mean, you might want to, and you might—that's great. But that might be quite a quite a unrealistic goal from a sustainability point of view. You might just need to start off with ten minutes or fifteen minutes, where you just reflect on a a simple verse. Maybe you maybe you 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 sign on to the Bible app, your Version Bible app, and you just to begin with, you might just start with reflecting on a single scripture. But can I say something? That if you if you've been a Christian for twenty years and you're still just reflecting on the verse of the day. I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to be facetious. I want to suggest that it's possible that you're still a one-year-old 20 times over. I say this, with. I promise you, before the Lord, with all grace and humility. And, and as someone who, I have my own struggles. I'm just saying to you guys that if you've been, if you've been on the road for a long time, you, there should be some shift from when we first started to follow Jesus. So consider your stage of discipleship. There there, there are people that God might invite and highlight to actually put fasting into not a a once-a-year routine, but into like a a weekly routine. Or or maybe you've been making excuses, and again, I say that respectfully, against tithing, where God God might be saying, you're not going to get any more information. Somewhere along the line, you've either just got to go all in. So so it depends. It just depends on your stage of discipleship. Again, a brand-new believer... It is, it is not only unrealistic, it's destructive to expect them to be doing a whole bunch of stuff that a 10, 20, 30-year-old believer should be doing, but it is almost equally destructive for a 10, 20, 30-year-old believer to be doing the same stuff that they were doing when they were a baby. I meant that quite lightheartedly. All right. Your personality, if you're extremely introverted, that should affect how much time you put into your schedule for, for solitude, for for just maybe, and it doesn't just have to be reading and praying naked on the roof, which would be awkward. It, it, could, just, it could just be that you, that you just have time alone where maybe you go for a walk uh, or maybe it's just you and, and your spouse, whatever the case is, or, or maybe you do enjoy just reading. Other, like, like you need time to, you need alone time. But then there are others that are extroverted where you need time with people. It's like you start feeling punished if you don't have enough t- time with people. That's why you've hated COVID because it's like, can we just get on with it already and get back to normal? Introverts are like, I mean, we say that people you know, are suffering but, but like, can we just stay isolated for a bit longer? You know? uh, your personality makes a difference. So take your personality into account but let it explain your needs. Don't let it excuse an unhealthy version of your needs. If you're a parent of young kids, life is gonna be less ordered than what you'd like it to be. I was saying to someone yesterday that, as I look back over the years, I wish, if there was anything that I wish I could have done a little bit differently when my kids were younger, I wish I was just a little bit more relaxed. I definitely liked control way too much and they didn't, and that caused tension at times, and I was trying to juggle various balls and all the rest. I'm just saying, guys, there's, there is a level of flexibility, interruptibility, mess that just goes with, and it's not even just with young kids, but, but I mean young kids in particular. So I heard someone once suggest that just like in, in, in monasteries, they were in, in some monasteries, they would have what they call like, like a, a, a bell. That calls people to pray. It happens seven times a day, all, all throughout the day and the night, and no matter what they're doing, that bell goes. They stop what they're doing and they just and they go to the to the hall or whatever the case is, and they pray. And, that, and they were making the point that in the same way, just like, like those monastic bells ring, sometimes the interruptions from our kids need to be seen as a monastic bell, where we where we don't where we don't just see them as an interruption, but maybe an invitation. I wanna remind you that there's no word for spiritual in the Hebrew language. So is it possible that you're responding to the need of your child, however unplanned it is, could be just as spiritual as as you having a dedicated time to serve and give and and do something? So the question, when you're facing an interruption, and it's not just with young kids, this is just life. Guys, I'd love to tell you that there's ever been a day in the last 25 years that has gone according to plan in the ministry, like never. So for someone that likes structure and perfection, I'm just telling you, I've had to learn to to hold on to some things a lot more loosely. But the question when you're being interrupted is, is this a distraction or is this an invitation? Because sometimes it is a distraction and we need to be focused, but other times it's an invitation and and allow that to prompt you to pray. And again, just on that note, that's why we're not legalistic about some of the things we put into our real life. So so many of you know that, that one of the biggest things we've been intentional about over the last two years, give or take, is trying to practice Sabbath on a saturday but things still happen our last three saturdays have been affected literally by death we we don't we don't sorry guys we'll mourn like, like, like we'll care tomorrow no that's jesus healed on the sabbath jesus was engaged on the sabbath but because it's in our it's, it's now over and it's taken a long time it's coming to our muscle memory we can bounce back quickly and frankly frankly i can be with people different in a different way on my Sabbath because I'm, because, because I'm not still juggling a whole bunch of other stuff. So it's not this heavy legalistic thing. Anyway, consider your stage, season, personality, etc. Number five, everything is spiritual. I mentioned that a moment ago, that there's no Hebrew word for what we call spiritual. So entertainment is spiritual. So what, what you're reading, scrolling through, or watching, it's spiritual. It's either forming us or it's deforming us. Exercise is spiritual. Sleep, some of you can say amen, It's spiritual. F- food, time together, it's spiritual. You can say amen to that too, okay? It's, guys, everything is spiritual. Work is spiritual. It's not from the devil, okay? I mean, it might have been affected, but, but guys, so, so don't just think that this is like, okay, my rule of life is like, I need to spend some time with God. No, no, it's how we approach work. It's how we approach sleep, time with people, exercise, fun. Do you know that fun is even spiritual? Now, there's fun that's spiritual in a good way, and then there's fun that's spiritual in a bad way. But it's all spiritual. Justin Whitmore early in his book, The Common Rule, talking about, um, about the, the role, the effects of 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 just the habit like he encourages people to have one meal at the table every day whether whether you're with housemates or Anyway, but but especially as a family and he says the following if our household routine is too busy to allow meals that unfold with family members roommates or neighbors We should at least admit that the school of our household is not actually a school of love, but rather a school of busyness That house is a place where we teach each other how to do too much and be stressed about it Because everything is spiritual you feeling good about yourself? Okay, number six. <laughs> prioritize, prioritize. If you're going on a trip, all right, and you don't get to take your car, you have to go on a plane or a bus, or whatever, and you're limited with how much luggage you can take, you're go- you can't take everything you own with you. You can't take the whole cupboard, you can't take the washing machine, you're gonna, you're gonna prioritize what you can take with you, right? You're gonna take the most important stuff first. For me, it's my pillow. I have an amazing pillow, I can sleep on a bad bed, with a good pillow more easily than I can sleep on a good bed with a bad pillow even when we've gone to Zambia I've literally gone into the village with my pillow I'm like thank you Jesus for my pillow but now that takes up a lot of space so so then that means that there's less other stuff that I can do do you know that the more clear you become on what God is trying to form you into in your life the less space there is for other stuff the more Defined your purpose the less options you have to just do everything you can't do 17 different sports and learn four new languages and be an amazing volunteer in the community and and work 40 hours a week and parent three young kids we have to prioritize I'm sure you've heard uh, I've mentioned this before about this ideal of, of rubber balls and, and crystal balls like, like we're all juggling balls Rubber balls, you drop it, it can bounce back up again. Crystal balls, you drop that, it smashes. On that note, I remember, I think this was about two years ago, being amused at Ivan's WhatsApp image where he, had a, a, he just had a photo of his two sons. And under it, my crystal balls. <laughs> and I just wondered, like, what do people think? And it was up for a long time. But at least he knows these priorities, okay? He can, he can explain it to you later. I thought that was funny. All right, number seven, be specific. Be specific. Look for things that you can be specific about. In other words, don't, don't just say, I wanna rest more. Like that means nothing. You may, you, may, you may need to be clear and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Sabbath on Sundays. I'm gonna come to this first service and worship God and, and, and connect with Him. And then we're going to rest from work, worry, wanting. We're gonna, or we're gonna spend time with friends. We're gonna, it's gonna be our opposite day. It's gonna be where we do the things that we don't get to do during the week and things that are refreshing and restful and where we can delight in God. Be specific. Or if you need more sleep, not I need more sleep. No, no, like what time are you gonna try and go to bed? What time are you gonna wake up? If you're gonna exercise, write it down. I wanna exercise this number of times a week, at this time, at that place doing, which again, by the way, don't be discouraged, that could take a lot of time to figure out. That's why I just want you to start somewhere. We're literally meeting with our leaders in a week and a bit to get them to actually start sharing the beginnings of their working out of a rule of life because it is a working document. We're meeting with our staff every week at the moment because it is a working document, it is a process. Number eight, keep a healthy balance. What do you mean by that is upstream and downstream habits. Upstream is where it's stretching you, it's challenging, it's difficult. You can't have too many of those. Downstream is where it's easy. Like, like, like recently I've been trying to learn to play tennis and I use that word incredibly generously. Um, I'm enjoying it. So, so for me, that's that is like that's not hard for me. I don't have to dig deep to to one. like if there's disposable time, I want to be able to. I, I'm I'm having fun. It's outside. It's exercising. I don't. I'm not focused on the fact that my heart rate's 170. I'm trying to get the next point and, and beat someone. Like it's 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 fun for me. That's that's an easy, um, like like downstream habit. For me, fasting is an upstream habit. Like that's, whoo, whoo, like that's a stretch. Okay, so. Find a balance between that. Number nine, share with someone. I cannot emphasize this strongly enough. Don't do it alone. Go back and listen to last week's message. We need one another. What many of you don't realize is that we spoke about this two years ago. I don't even want to know who's done anything about it. Because I have a pretty good idea. But when you actually write it down or type it out, print it, Talk to a friend. Talk in your life group. Just, guys, use it. Allow life group or your team to become a safe place where you just, you just talk, you share. No strings attached. This is working, that's not working, that sucks. Wow, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm changing that. Share with someone. And lastly, persevere with progress, not perfection. Be patient. It is a long, slow journey. James Clear author of The Atomic Habits, wrote in the middle, it feels slow. In hindsight, it feels fast. When you're in the middle, it's like, is this ever going to change? Is this ever going to get better? No, no, just keep persevering. He also says that if you added up all the time wasted searching for shortcuts and trying to cheat the process, the hard work could have already been done by now. So let's just do it. Let's just start somewhere. Let's enjoy it. Let's laugh about our mistakes. Let's Let's share it with a friend. Let's just start somewhere. Start where we are, not where we wanna be. will not you stand with me, please? I wanna pray for you, and then please, in Jesus' name, for the love of everything holy, will you go and print this thing out? Click on the link, just go to our website, it's literally the thing second from the top, or if you're on the Uversion Bible app, click on the link, it'll take you directly to the website, Practicing the Way. It's gold, everybody. You wanna get, you, you get some input on practices? on solitude silence fasting sabbath practicing the way.org is gold father please in jesus name would you help us not just to be hearers of the word but to be doers of the word thank you that you promise us that you won't be mocked we will reap what we sow if we do not grow weary if we do not give up we will reap a harvest in due season so god wherever You might be directing people's attention to an area of our lives, and maybe in the natural, they might be feeling like, I've tried, I've been there, done that, it hasn't worked. God, where you're inviting them to try again, please. Would you just breathe, just breathe some fresh hope. God, would you debunk some of the lies, some of the myths, some of the excuses, and help us to just start. And then to take the next step. And then the next step. And to keep taking steps. And when we fall, to get back up again. And to tell someone. And to get prayer. And to try again. And try again. And try again. And try again. That we would order our lives to be with Jesus. So that we would become like Jesus. So that we could do, can do what Jesus would do if He were us. Where we are making a difference, where we are loving other people, and where we are living on purpose. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.